0: Welcome to the podcast of Inspiring Women in Hospitality. I'm Noreen Ahmed, your host. Each episode, I invite a woman from the hospitality industry to share her story with us, why she got into hospitality, her journey so far, her learnings, and who inspires her. On this episode, we hear from Carmen, recorded in August 2023. She describes her career as making it fit into the lifestyle you want not the other way around. Knowing yourself is the key to unlocking this. All right, we're now recording. Hello, everyone. Noreen here. Today I have with me Carmen. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit more about yourself.
1: Um, so I, I work as the Regional Director of and Beverage for Ennis Um, which is a fairly new and disruptive uh, lifestyle hospitality company Um, I've been in hospitality for about uh, nearly 20 years now I guess Um, yeah 17 and I've worked in Europe I've worked obviously now I live in Singapore in Australia Um, yeah that's my work background I guess (laughs)
0: amazing thank you for that introduction Uh, and tell us how you got into hospitality in the first place Mm -hmm. so I I never completely intentionally
1: meant to get into hospitality I I mean I thought about a million careers when I was in school from being a journalist to a veterinarian to a doctor a lawyer I I had a dream to like run my own you know like hotel one day like a little boutique beachside thing And then the kind of common theme when I was looking at what to choose in uni was that if I do this, I'm stuck in Australia. If I do this, if I'm a lawyer, I'm stuck in Australia. And so I ended up just choosing to go into like a general sort of business marketing course of studies. And while I was at university, a friend of mine comes home from a new job and she's like, oh, I'm making so much money in tips at this bar. And I was like, sign me up. (laughs) Um, So, you know, we went and worked, that was establishment in Sydney um, with Maryvale Group. So I went and worked there, and you know I'm a person that just kind of like loves a bit of everything. So you know I love people, I love food, I love um, music, I like to travel, I like to just have different experiences. And as I kept going with Maryvale, and they were in a massive growth period, I just organically kind of was was being offered opportunities to grow and and become you know into in management roles, and it just it suited me because I was able to do a bit of everything in those roles. And running a hospitality business, you can really integrate all the beautiful things about life into that business so yeah an accidental but good good kind of outcome
0: <laughs> yeah it's it's so true I, you know a lot of people go into hospitality because of that travel aspect right because they want to be able to go somewhere else for me that's kind of how i started my life like i moved around so much you know I, by the time i was 10 i'd lived in four different countries so I needed to be in an environment that was going to be multicultural, dynamic, and off- allowed me to travel. Yeah. And so that's, yeah, that's definitely what drew me to hospitality. But I also like what you're saying is that you can do a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. And that's so true, right? Like you get yeah. into hospitality and you can do a little bit of everything. You won't have to just be stuck in totally. one path. Uh, yeah. Just because you started here doesn't mean you're going to end up there. I mean, I. I actually started in in, in F&B and I thought that was going to be my career for for the rest of my life. But then I ended up finding myself in revenue management and data and statistics and STR. And I was like, oh, okay, this is another path. (laughs) There's a whole world out there. Yeah.
1: No, totally. And look, even when you're just working as you know a a general manager in a business, or in my role now, like there there are moments in a day where I am reviewing contracts. There's moments in my day where I'm doing creative workshops with the team. There's moments where we're focusing on people and operations. So, you know, even throughout the course of a single day, you can wear multiple hats, which is really exciting. Um, Sometimes you're looking at music briefs. Sometimes you're looking at financial forecasts. So it's fun.
0: Yeah, I just had a moment there that I was thinking like, you know, even during my, you know, all my different roles that I've had, it never really truly matches what I actually do. Like there was one time I supported the the company with an office renovation, you know, and I was just thinking about all the lawyers and contracts and engineers and construction guys that I had to speak to. And I'm like, I don't understand a single thing <laughs> that is going on here, but it just I love the variety of it, right? Like I got to, you know, yeah, I had obviously my hotel background, but then being able to do so many different things, and I think I've always, I've always enjoyed that too.
1: Yeah, there's it's a real kind of spontaneity in hospitality. Like I think you know the basic principles of what make great hospitality they're they're universal, but you know the the nuances of certain cultures and people and what can happen in a day it's it's exciting because you're always having to think on your feet and just yeah. you know roll with
0: it. So completely agree all right so uh, tell us uh, how your career journey continued mm. so
1: I, I was with Mary Val for you know on and off for about 10 years like I do travel a lot I'll come back to Croatia where my family are from do these long summers to go back and have my my job there again um, I ventured out um, to a couple of other small companies in Sydney for brief periods because uh, I just I was hungry just to get out and, and do more and try more and see different ways of working. Uh, I ended up working in uh, QT Sydney, which was uh, the kind of first lifestyle hotel, I guess, in, in Australia. Um, and then from there, I had an offer to actually come to Croatia and oversee the opening of a few venues here in the area that my family are from. So I did that. Um and then I also from there ended up going to oversee the opening of a hotel in the capital city, Zagreb, um, the F side. And then from there did, you know, a bit of everything. And, you know, I even did some wedding planning consultancy. I did some um, you know, property development stuff where we're turning apartments into tourism use. I, you know, I've just I've had this kind of flow where I've just always known what I want, like what makes me happy, I think. And I follow that as opposed to I want this specific career goal and You know, prior to this, I even worked on, you know, super yachts when I was in my 20s. And I was always just kind of like, how do I how do I get the life I want is is kind of the thing. And how do I enjoy, you know, enjoy working and and integrate that into a lifestyle? And then, you know, after Croatia, I moved back to Sydney. Uh, I was with Maryvale Group again in a a massive multi-venue role, overseeing three of their largest um, flagships. And then from there, I briefly went into a construction role believe it or not so this was post-covid and I was a bit burnt out and yeah I went into like a, a kind of construction business development role for this firm and that was actually amazing because I was going to construction sites visiting them and doing this piece of my job which is now what I'm doing in, in this role um, and about six months into that NSM came along and I started that so you know it's it's been quite an incredible journey but <laughs>
0: Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. And yeah, I was having a conversation with someone earlier this morning about how she also kind of came out of hospitality for a brief time, went into retail and, you know, you still learn, right. You learn from other industries and, you know, what can the hospitality industry learn from there as well. And then how that then applies to, to what you do further on in your career. And I really love what you said about, you know, what makes me happy knowing that and creating a lifestyle around that. And I think oftentimes when we think about our careers, we definitely do not pay enough attention to Mm. that and making it work the other way, you know?
1: Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I mean, you have to, everyone's different. You have to know what makes you tick, but I know that, you know, when I'm happy I do my best work anyway and everything flows. So, uh, you know, I tried when I was younger, I tried an office job that was just not conducive to who I was. It was an 8am to 5 p. M. every single day, I felt like I was suffocating. I, I couldn't do it, you know. And I, I, I was about 22 at the time. It was like a, you know, marketing kind of job. And I was like, oh my god, I thought this is what you're meant to do, but it's killing me. Um, so you know, I just, I didn't fight that. I just understood that this is the person I am. And and the interesting thing I think as well is sometimes people will overthink where they need to go and what they need to do. But for me, these accidental things that maybe it's time felt like disasters, like oh, I worked on a boat and then that didn't work out. I did six months, or you know, I've. I've moved to a random country and done a random job that won't matter to someone in Australia. But in the end, it's actually like these experiences showed a, a certain character or trait, I guess, that appealed to my current role, where you're entrepreneurial, you're risk-taking, you're you, you know you're able to handle kind of tough situations. So there's these unexpected skill sets that you can actually just get when you follow your guts, I guess. <laughs>
0: All your guts—that is definitely (laughs) an important one. I, I, you know, when I came out of university, I just said yes to the first job that offered me without really thinking about whether this was the right move for me or not. I think it's taken me a long time to understand what makes me work or what makes me take, and knowing Mm. myself. Um, and knowing myself has definitely been a journey, and I think I'm still a little bit on it. But what has helped you learn about yourself?
1: I think it's it's trial and error. I mean, like, it, you know, it's all very well for me to sit here in, in my current, you know, amazing job now and, and talk about things that just flows, but like, God, it was hard. You know, there was so many moments where I was like, what have I done? I've messed up my life. Why am I doing this? You know, my friends are getting mortgages and have serious jobs in normal offices. I mean, it was just, I just kept going. I just I just had to do it. And I just, and I'm, I'm very solutions focused. I think that's a massive part of it um you know i don't dwell on the problem i just think okay well how do i fix this what's next you know and i always have a plan b c d um and i think the other super important part is that you need to have a really strong sense of self so it's not just about knowing you know superficially who you are but really like what are your values like what things you know what, what, where does your integrity sit um and when you're sort of aligned to those key things i think it makes everything easier be that relationships work you know um Balance in life. I mean, I'm not someone who's driven hugely by money, for example. So, for me, if you give me a higher pay but a job I hate, I I would say no. So, you've got to really understand that right balance of use for yourself.
0: Completely agree. And, you know, one thing I was curious about as you were talking through your career journey and, you know, from various different roles and companies and countries as well. Uh, What has your experience been in terms of working in either predominantly male or female, um, predominantly male or female dominated? Is that the word I'm trying to find? Dominated, (laughs) yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, workspace that you were were in. What was your experience? What have your experiences been like? Mm. Look,
1: I mean, I guess yeah, hospitality, especially management level, I suppose, is is mostly male dominated. I think. To be fair, probably a lot of industries are. As um, you yeah, get into more executive level, I I personally don't have an issue with that. Um, in a sense of if they're the right people for the role, you know. And I, I guess my experience as a woman, it, it depends. Like I, I think the most important thing is to preserve what it means to you to be a woman and and to not try and become a man in a male dominated environment in order to do your job well. Because if you're not being authentic and you're not doing you know expressing yourself in a way that's conducive to who you are people see through that and it's very tiring and you can't keep trying to be someone else and impress the guys or do these sorts of things so i think the first thing for me for women in this environment is embrace who you are embrace being a woman embrace being you know empathetic if that's your nature embrace being soft and caring but strong like these things are excellent traits And we should never kind of try and stray away and just be tough and and hardcore. And, you know, and likewise, we shouldn't necessarily force guys to be softer, you know, and I think it's just about the understanding people need to have of our differences and how to actually best work together. Um, You know, I I guess that's in a general kind of corporate sense and and colleague sense. Um, You know, as a woman in frontline hospitality, I suppose the way guests sometimes retreat you could be a bit different to how they perceive a male manager um so that was something not that I struggled with but that I was aware of but I was tact like tact tactfully how I handled that and kind of I was empowered to handle that and and but but I understand for a lot of women it wouldn't be easy so yeah
0: yeah I've been doing a lot of reading and sort of research to understand you know wh- what are some of these differences and like you're saying what can we learn from one another right so one of the things I I've come across is you know when someone makes a comment negative, this uh, particularly negative, mm-hmm. uh, women really tend to take it personally, right? Yeah. But for men, it kind of kind of slides off their back, right? They think about it as like, okay, well, I wasn't given the right tools or the right support, and this is why the project wasn't successful. Whereas women tend to in- internalize it a lot and think about, okay, I did something wrong, or it was my fault, or so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think we could really learn something here is saying that, okay what let's look at the bigger picture here and what actually happened and what was my role in this I mean of course we all take a you know a certain amount of responsibility but it's Mm -hmm. not only about you and same when on the other hand when it's when something goes really well you know where we're like oh but we did it and the team did it whereas men generally and I'm again generalizing they're like it's about me and I did well and I was the reason for our success you know And of course, there's various levels to this, but what can we learn from both these examples that we could then take and apply at the same time, not lose what you were saying earlier about being authentic, embracing our um, femininity, empathy, whatever that looks like Mm. as well?
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, yeah, I think it's just to that point, like we are in our heads a lot, right? And so it's getting out of your head and, you know, really focusing on what the goal is and less about you. like the, the trick to hospitality whether you're as a waiter or in a manager role anything is you've got to not think about yourself so much you know like it's pretty much it like you when you get out there as a waiter your role is to suddenly put on a show perform you're going to be the best you know waiter host giving experience you know whatever for the guests like it's all about them whatever happens in your day doesn't matter but you're still authentic in the fact that you're still charming the way that you're charming. You're still talking authentically the way that you would talk, but you're not, people sometimes confuse authenticity with like, I'll just wear everything on my sleeve and tell you everything that happened in my day. But let's, let's just pull it back a little bit, you know, you can be yourself, but choose which pieces to show. So I think that's one thing. Um, And just, you know, I think the being able to just ask more questions um, maybe make less conclusions, less assumptions. I think, you know, I even find, uh, you know, people often, everyone has their own experiences which shape their perceptions. So sometimes that something you say that you think is a nothing comment or a question, they take the wrong way and think it's a challenge or a defense. And I think it's really important to understand that anytime someone's upset, it's not necessarily an issue of you, but you've got to understand what's triggered them. How do we stop this happening next time? So yeah, um,
0: I think, yeah, it's just about being focused on other people more than yourself, really. Yeah. And in hospitality, we're taught to do that best, right? Like yeah, you're there yeah. to serve the guests and think about yeah. them and their needs. And you exactly. know, that definitely needs to be be the focus.
1: Yeah. And it should be the same with your colleagues, right? You shouldn't always yeah. just assume the worst. You know, I don't get you never get offended about, or sometimes maybe you do, but realistically, when a guest is upset, you don't really take it personally, right? You're like, ah, you know, you just you fix it but with colleagues i think we get a lot more sensitive and maybe there's more kind of neediness for mm. you know validation or who knows what it is but i am really careful to go too deep into it being a simple matter of men and women because i just think sometimes it get, gets used the wrong way where you know it's it we can't use it as a cop out like sometimes it genuinely exists where it is harder for women and and culturally you know in some places it's it's harder but ultimately i think we're all able to to create what we need
0: to if we have the right mentality as well mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. I mean, it's not just gender, you know, there's culture aspects and, you know, it depends on what your upbringing was. Mm. I think with all these, you know, topics, you can take something away from it and understand it helps you to give context, which is what I like to how I like to use it as well. And to kind of help us understand, Okay, this is something that I've learned. How does it apply to me? which part of it am I going to take away with mm-hmm. me so that I can see how it impacts me in my well, work and personal life as well. Right. Cause they all live totally. together.
1: Yeah. And look, as women, I think, you know, it's so important that we bond and support each other in that sense, because obviously we have experiences that are unique to being women and that's super important and, you know, challenges and whether that's having kids, not having kids, just, you know, how we maybe are, more emotional about things like these are all really relevant and and real experiences um and i think that's why it's great to have the opportunity to, to discuss that but it helps you also give the context to realize any challenges you have having work aren't always purely just from a guy treating you this way because you think you're a woman or vice versa mm, yeah don't know. no the people people everywhere and you can get good ones bad ones regardless of gender or
0: culture or anything so i agree and it's like. And finding those environments for support. I mean, I think that's something that comes up consistently with some of these events that I do in person is like, oh, I'm not the only one, right? Because oftentimes I feel like I'm the only one going through this issue, but you're not. You know, someone else has also experienced it Mm. and and so on and so forth. So what can we learn from that? So with that in mind, what kind of support have you had um, throughout your career? Well, that's a good question. (laughs) Um,
1: Look, I mean, I think probably the first, like I guess mentor you would say um was my boss at Maryvale who was the one that kind of pushed me into this promotion I think again this mentality I had was very much something I think a lot of women would relate to where I was doing my job but I, I would never have gone after a management role I would never have thought I was capable of doing that right and he was the first one that sort of just picked me up and goes you you're gonna manage this venue I was like really I was like oh. No, and I was like, the first thing I did was write like a long list of everything I did not know. I was like, I was like, if you want me to do this role, you understand I don't know this, 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 this. He's like, yeah, we'll teach you. I was like, are you sure? I was like, are you sure? Um, and you know, I was like the first ever female that had run this venue. It was 14 years old. I was the youngest that had ever run that venue. Um, you know, and at the time, it felt like a massive deal to me. I was like, I can't believe they're giving me this responsibility. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, I think having that support of someone who just can see your capability and believe in you is super important. And he was someone who I could just like vent to all the time. And I think we all need that. No matter how together we might seem on the outside, we all need someone in our life that we can just vent to. Um, You know, and and often that is your kind of boss, I guess, you hope. Um, Because I think sometimes you feel like you have to be so curated and so, um, you know, so i don't know you polish in every other way that sometimes it can be nice just to release and just say i'm stressed i'm finding this hard i don't know what to do um so yeah i think that's probably been it in terms of like actual networks so you know i've had colleagues and stuff through the years but really i think it's been i found it through you know reading or through um kind of not even necessarily work-related things um more internal reflection and that kind of thing my friends yeah yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's really important to have that support network. And it's so great that you had that manager who really pushed you yeah. for, for that job. You know, your example that you shared of you know the long list of things that you do not know where you may not be right is unfortunately very common <laughs> amongst <laughs> women. So um, yeah. having someone believe in you is a great thing. And that's the kind of examples that we want to hear about. You know, having someone who's going to be pushing you and knowing that you and believe in you and your capabilities yeah. and and get you to that point because that's what that sometimes is exactly what we need for sure for sure yeah yeah okay um and let's talk a little bit about some of your personal learnings like you know we've talked about you know your growth in your career who supported you all the different types of role knowing yourself mm-hmm. um you know i used to really talk about when it comes to my leadership, I never really used to talk about empathy. Mm. Like I used to be like, oh, you know, it's there, but it's not something that I used to really like shout about, but it was really what's made me the leader that I became. And and now I'm tra- starting to embrace it more like you were saying earlier. Yeah. Uh, what are some of your learnings that you've learned to embrace mm. over the years?
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's an ongoing evolution I have to say it's like I, I again even with with the role I have now I can't sit here and say I know everything I figured out because I'm still learning and every day with new personalities there's always new challenges um but I think you know throughout the years I've I've always had a management style I guess where I'd say like you want them to kind of like love you and fear you which <laughs> sounds crazy but it's it's what I mean by that is like they love you because you genuinely love them. You genuinely give them support. You're super you know, nurturing and caring. And I will give that to my staff and I'll have their backs 100% and I'll be there for them. But I will also be really strict in terms of whatever the expectations are. And they 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 will understand that I will follow through and I will call them out on things. So, you know, I think sometimes you see management where they go too far down the out like lane of, let's be best friends and let's all get drunk and let's, you know, have a party. And that means we've got great relationships at work. But then the, 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 the team don't really respect them maybe, or they, you know, can kind of pull on over them or, um, and likewise, if they're too kind of um, autocratic in their way of managing things, that doesn't work either um, because people just rebel. They don't feel valued. They, they will, won't will have loyalty to the business. Um, you know, I think obviously people need money. They need, you know, all these aspects of a job, but I think to really feel valued and part of something is very important. To feel like they're growing and getting something out of it is very important. So, you know, tapping into what makes your staff tick and really understanding them is is kind of the first key, I think, in in leadership. Um, And, you know, even when you're leading, like having to lead people that are maybe more senior than you or older than you. I've had chefs that are, you know, from backgrounds where they weren't used to having women bosses and um, they're older than me. And they sort of at first found it a bit difficult to deal with that. But, you know, I just stayed very aligned with them and help them understand we're on the same page and I'm going to help them get to what they want to get to as well and we're you know working towards a similar goals so yeah that empathy piece is just listening understanding and you know working with what makes them motivated
0: yeah I completely agree it's it's that listening piece right that's so important and yeah. you know when people feel heard yeah. that goes a long way in terms of that respect piece, yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. And probably, you know, relating to it with my own doubts when I was younger about my capabilities, when I see other people, men or women in my teams, you know, if I see a character in them that I think we can work with, I will always nurture that and give them that strength because yeah, sometimes people who are highly analytical are actually the, the biggest self-doubters, right? And they just need someone to come and say, actually, this is what you're really good at and this is actually useful and good um where they might try and cling to things that are more measurable and secure otherwise so
0: Mm. thank you so much for that and I will move on to my final question and ask you who inspires you oh okay this one's a tough one um when when I first heard this I sort of thought
1: like as a kid I remember a, a moment watching a movie I was on a road trip with mom and it was called Gorilla's in the midst. And it was about Diane Fossey, who like went into the you know jungle and like saved the gorillas and like did all this research, but she ended up getting killed, you know, doing that job and protecting them. And I was like 12 years old, and it's like completely irrelevant in terms of what I'm doing in my career today. But I just remember thinking like, what a way to live your life, you know, like so driven by like this this cause and this thing that like she she completely gave everything to it and what an impact later on it's had. But At this sort of like, um, it's maybe almost like martyr, like martyr kind of mentality she had stuck with me in some way, I think as a child. But as an adult, I don't necessarily get inspired by any one person because it's sort of like the, the, the trouble there is if we get too focused on an idol is that no one is perfect. We're all flawed, right? Um, so there are qualities of lots of different people that inspire me, you know, I'm inspired by my mom's resilience and strength. I'm inspired by my friends, you know, entrepreneurial spirit and their amazing dedication as mothers. I'm inspired by, you know, someone like you doing a business and bringing people together. Like it's kind of, for me, it's like little pieces of everything. And I, I I can't find just one person I can say I hundred percent look to for everything because I'm also a different person to everyone else. So, um, it's more, Human interactions that inspire me, you know seeing these nice celebrations, celebratory moments, moments of kindness, moments of humanity, um, you know people doing good things, that inspires me, I think, you know.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that. and that's the, it's a really lovely way to put it. So thank you. and thank you for sharing your story with us today. Thanks for having me. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. I hope you were as inspired as I was by that story. Please follow us here and on LinkedIn where I post videos of the recordings. Stay tuned for many more stories of inspiring women in hospitality.